Scott Waldron. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey friends, today we're going to learn a new assessment tool or a new to me assessment tool called the five voices. I'm so intrigued by this, but I love this stuff. Any other assessment junkies out there, you're going to love this too. But this one, this tool helps you gain a better perspective of your leadership voice and how to communicate effectively so people hear you and receive the communication. So cool, huh? My friend Scott Waldron is with us today, and he's an internal communication strategist with Giant Worldwide. And the five voices is his go-to tool. He's going to tell us some best practices and some stories today. Let's get with Scott. Scott, welcome to Gut Plus Science. I love assessment type tools that allow us to get to know ourselves better. Self-awareness solves so many challenges. My very first assessment tool experience was with DISC, and I still use it like every single day. Ask anyone that works with me, they're always like, oh, she's talked with us already. They're a C and you know, a little bit of an S or whatever. So I still use that. I love it. But I've learned many other assessment tools over time and have found them so helpful to be additional resources. You're a big fan of the five voices assessment. I just took it myself and I'm super anxious to learn more about it today. And then after the show, when we record and just learn how to apply it, let's start off with you telling us more about the five voices and how it's complementary to other assessment tools. Yeah. And I can probably sense a lot of people out there just like rolling their eyes. It's like, oh, another one. We've got strengths finders. We've got MBTI. We got DIS. You got Enneagram. You've got PI, predictive index. And like, right, they're all over the place. Yeah. There's a lot of different I guess, nuances that go into each one of them. If you really get nerdy about it, but there's also assessment junkies out there. They're like, Hey, what superhero am I? Right. And so there's things like that. Right. So what five voices was created from by the guys at, at giant worldwide. I'm a giant consultant and that's the platform we use. Now, originally those guys are MBTI nerds. Like it's Myers-Briggs. They're like MBTI Yodas and it's that whole philosophy. At some point in time, one of the founders, 13-year-old daughter came to him and said, hey, dad, I want to learn this stuff, but it's like really technical and I don't understand like what you're talking about. Now, that's a 13-year-old, but I've heard many adults also say the same thing. Like I always ask, hey, do you all remember your, your MBTI? And they say, um, I don't know. Oh, I was a weird. I don't know. I was an F something and an E something, right? So they aren't really sure about it. And then I say, well, they do remember. They say, oh, I'm an INFP. Then I say, okay, do you remember like other people on your team? Or And they're like, oh, no, no, no. Like I barely remember what the F or the P means. And And so it just became technical. And Giant wanted to create a way for a 13-year-old to understand the language and potentially even like share it with others. So they came up with five voices. It uses the same science as Myers-Briggs, but it boils it down into five voices that are simple, scalable, and sustainable across organizations. Mm. Well, your examples are so true that we get fired up when we learn about these new assessment tools and we're like in these team workshops and we're like, oh, that's why Johnny drives me crazy and why Sally is like my BFF at work, right? But then we walk away a week later, we throw the workbook in our pile 
And then it's like, we don't remember why Johnny drives me crazy or Sally is like my BFF. So I love this. And I'm so excited to be able to walk away with something that's just like really sticky for me to understand. And I think we can play with my profile a little bit today because I just took it and I'm still learning. That'll be fun. If you're cool. Let's do it. All right. So let's break down the five different voices first and share, I guess, examples. Let's just start with like definitions and really getting a clear understanding of the five. Okay. So let me just introduce them high level, right? So I start with the quietest voice in the room and I move to the loudest. Okay. So nurturers are first. And I want you to understand you're all five of these voices. Okay. You're you just have a tendency to be one over the others. The first three voices you're generally pretty good at. The fourth and fifth voice are ones that you're going to struggle with. They're going to be draining to you. You can access them, but they're going to be draining to you if you do them too long. The nurturers are champions of people, values, relational harmony. They have a really sixth sense about what other people are feeling and thinking. They're great collaborators. You can imagine, though, that they can undermine their influence by not wanting to ruffle feathers. They don't bring challenge easily. It's something that makes them uncomfortable. They don't like conflict. And so they sit in the back of the room and they're, they're pretty quiet. They want everybody else to shine. They don't want to be out there in the spotlight. Okay. Know anybody like that? I do. Okay. Okay. Just checking. Okay. Most of us do. Most of us do. It's the largest percentage of the population. It's 43%. Really? Of the population. Yeah. Okay. Huge, huge group. Next is the creative voice. The creatives They are really out-of-the-box thinkers, love innovation, love breaking the mold, love blazing their own trail, love looking at what's been done and saying, yeah, 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 well, let's do it different. Like, what if we tried this? What if we do this? Oh, so they're always trying to make something their own, put their own stamp on it, right? Now, they can undermine their influence by potentially not communicating things clearly. They're introverts. They tend to like have a lot going on in their head and things are firing all the time. They've got a ton of ideas. They keep them all inside because they're thinking about them until they're perfect. Then they share them, which is sometimes too late, right? Or they try to say what's in their head, but it comes out like a jumbled mess because it's all up here. And then they take it out and it's like, oh, I hear words. I just don't understand what you're saying. I just talked to this person yesterday. Did you? Okay. We usually know that person too. I am one and my wife says that to me often. She goes, I just heard you say a bunch of words, Scott, and I have no idea what you're talking about. (gasps) Yeah, it's like a Shakespeare play. All right, so guardians are the third voice. They're kind of middle of the road in volume. They are champions of process, due diligence, systems, spreadsheets, budgets, timelines, like keeping us all straight. Very dependable. You can give them an assignment and you know it's going to get done. Uh, Very task-oriented and driven to deliver. Now, they undermine their influence by potentially under stress or being accidental in their behavior, being micromanagers or and or drilling incessantly with a bunch of questions. If I feel like I can't deliver on my task because you can't deliver on your task, then I'm going to strap you down in an interrogation chamber and I'm going to drill you to death until I feel comfortable as a guardian that you can do your job so that I can do my job. Because my whole identity is wrapped up in delivering things on time and on budget. And if you're jeopardizing that, that scares me. And all niceties, relational niceties go out the window. I don't really care if you're my best friend. I'm going to tell you why you did well, all the things you did wrong. Okay. Out of principle. So we know this person too. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I have a couple on my team that are invaluable. Invaluable. We love them, <laughs> but they can be right and wrong at the same time. They can be right in what they say 
wrong in how they say it. Right. It's just like, gosh, like, did you have, you're right. But did you have to be so like about it? Yeah. So, but we love them. Like I didn't have enough guardians in my life and it shows. It's like, ah, I need more of those. I need more of those. Keep me straight. All right. So now fourth voice connectors. Connectors are champions of relational networks. They're inspirational communicators. They are the, I got a guy person, right? So whenever you're talking to a connector, you're like, Hey, I got this problem. And they're like, Ooh, I got a guy. Like, and they pull out their phone and they want to connect to you like immediately, or they've got a website or a book or a podcast or a new pair of shoes that you should try. Like everything about their life is exciting because it's helped them so much and they want it to help you too. So when they offer you a suggestion, they want it to just connect, right? And be the best thing ever. So how they undermine their influence, they number one can tend to get defensive pretty easily. So if I have suggested a sushi restaurant to you that I absolutely love as a connector, and then you come back to me and I'm like, how was that sushi restaurant? And you're like, mm, I don't know. It was all right. Then as a connector, I go, what? Nah. Like the chef must've been off that night or maybe you ordered the wrong, what'd you order, right? Like it had to have been your fault or somebody else's fault because it wasn't their fault. Their suggestions are awesome. And so that's one thing. The other thing is that they are people pleasers. They like to say yes to everything all the time because they want everybody to achieve their dream and they want to help them achieve that dream. So they say yes to everything. But what happens when you say yes to everything? You can't accomplish everything. So you overpromise and underdeliver. And so that can happen as well. So they take on way too much. Okay. So that's that connector voice. Big shout out to Don, Tanya Dittman for being our key ambassador at People Forward Network and referring half of the people that we know. I definitely am a, a connector at my core, but this lady, like she is phenomenal. So I was just like, the whole time you were talking, I was like, Tanya. She's hardcore. Like I knew minute <laughs> five talking to her, I was like, there are some strong connector tendencies here. You oh know, yeah. Strong connector. She's like, and in fact, that's how I met you, right? She's like, oh my gosh, you got to meet. Yes. And I'm like, see, that's how we met. I know it. Yes. I know. So I listen to Tanya. If Tanya wants to connect you with somebody, you listen, right? Uh-huh. All right. So, and then also Tanya's going to want a little bit of that recognition that she made that connection. She's kind of like, I did that. I made that happen, y'all. And it's not egotistical. It's just what gives them life. It's like energizing yeah. for them. They love to make things Like a happen. love language. Absolutely. All right. So last voice pioneer, their lovely cuddly pioneers. They are the loudest, but also can be the most forceful in how they communicate. Champions of strategic vision, problem solvers, results focused. They love to win. They go to bed thinking about problems. They wake up thinking about problems and they're solving problems all day long. They're not concerned with the battle of the day, right? The battle of the day is kind of like done. It's like next week, next month, next year, how are we going to conquer the world and how are we going to conquer our vision and how are we going to bring everybody across the finish line successfully? So that is their core driver and focus. Now, because they're so competent, they're very competent. Everybody knows they're competent. They know they're competent. They think about a problem for three months because they're so competent and aware and they're analyzing and thinking about what's going on. And they've also come up with a solution. What they do at times is they come into an office and they go, all right, everybody, here's the problem. Here's the solution. Team A, I need you to do this. Team B, this. Team C, that. Go. And then everybody's like, whoa, wait a second. I got an idea. And they're like, no, 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 no. 
thank you, but no, thank you. I don't need your ideas. The idea is awesome. It's good. It's I've already, it's already figured out. Just do what I ask. Do it. Just go. Right. And then they leave. And everybody's like, all right, I guess I'll just do it. But then they come back and they go, Hey, I noticed some things aren't getting done. Like, what's the problem? I told you guys what to do already, and it's gonna work. I've noticed that John isn't very good at this part of it. Let's get rid of John and put somebody else in there that's going to help this thing roll because we need to win, right? And everybody's like, well, that's kind of a jerky thing to do. John's having a hard time at at home and he's struggling with some things. Yeah, but I mean, give him a chance. He's like, no, 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 no. That's fine. John's having a hard time, but I need somebody who can perform. So they can be seen as arrogant and sensitive and kind of me focused, but it's not really about that. It's like, it's just, there's collateral damage in war, right? Like it happens and we need to make sure we win. And it's my responsibility as a pioneer to bring everybody across the finish line. And if there's somebody in the way of jeopardizing that, then we got to like kind of get them out of the way. Get them out of the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it can be seen that way. So that's kind of an overview of the five voices. I know that took probably the whole show, but anyway, that's kind of the, the gist of what it looks like. No, I love it. Well, with anything, we need to understand the colors or the <laughs> yeah. superheroes or whatever. And these are the five voices. We need to understand those. And I know that I just took this and mine came back with two mm-hmm. names on it. So I have pioneer and then I have a supporting name on there, which is connector. So that's like my secondary voice. So Let's dive in. Use me as an example because I want to learn a little bit too. What does that mean to have you just shared about the pioneer? And I could totally relate to that. But what does the secondary voice component mean? Okay, the secondary voice just shapes how that third and that first voice is manifest, right? So there's different types of pioneers. There's a pioneer guardian. There's a pioneer creative. There's a pioneer connector. Okay, there is no pioneer nurturer because oh, I was going to ask that question. Let me ask you: as a pioneer, do you relate to that nurturer in any way? No, no. It's called your nemesis voice. Okay. It's the voice you do not understand. You don't get it. You don't earn like those people. You clash with them at times, right? Each voice has a nemesis voice. And that nemesis voice is usually your fifth voice. So that's the way it is for you. So the way the nomenclature in the system goes is that the why we say you're either a pioneer or a pioneer connector, it defines the rest of your voice order. So we don't need to say the rest because we get it. Like if you understand it. So it's like, you're a pioneer connector creative, which is, mind you, all three of the future-oriented voices are in your top three, which are the ones you're access, you can access. Your guardian and nurturer voice are your fourth and fifth voice. So you're really good at the future. You're really good at big picture thinking. You're really good at sitting on the mountaintop and envisioning possibilities and almost abstract ideas and what we could make it in the city. What could be is just kind of your mantra. What could we do? if we're able to make this thing happen, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that connector, creative second voice, really empowering that first voice pioneer, which you're strategically thinking, how do I win? But you're doing it through a relational network with that connector voice and also doing it with out-of-the-box thinking with that creative voice. So it's just how that shapes that first voice, okay? Now, a pioneer guardian is going to think a little bit differently. A pioneer guardian is going to be very structured in how they think about their strategy of vision. That guardian voice is going to add a lot of structure and a timeline and a strict guideline to how we do it. We're going to finish this two weeks ahead of time, et cetera, right? They're very structured and methodical on how they think and how they're going to take over the world. You 
are going to be more abstract. You're going to think more. You're going to ponder. You're going to gather information. You're going to explore a little bit more. And that last minute deadline is probably what's going to drive you more. So let me ask you this before I put you in a box. That's what people have a problem with. Let me just side note this really good. A lot of people have problems with these personality profiles because they're like, I don't believe in them. You can't put me in a box. All these things do is put me in a box and I'm, I'm not in a box. I'm different in different situations. And it's like, yes. So let me address this. Myers-Briggs teaches this language. We teach us with a giant, right? It just means you have a preference for that type of communication. That's your preference, all right? So you lean more towards a preference of that pioneer connector type voice style. I lean as a preference to that creative connector type voice style. It doesn't mean that's all that you are. You have to be a pioneer all the time or it doesn't fly. That's putting you in a box. Me saying, oh, Nikki has a preference for this type of style of communication helps me understand how I intentionally communicate with Nikki. Understanding she can access any of these voices. Some of them are gonna be more empowering and those other ones, that guardian and that nurturer for you are gonna be a little bit more draining to you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was just going to share in general. So this is the first time that I'm really doing much with the five voices. So I took the assessment. I read a little bit, but I was like, I'm going to get with Scott and like learn about it. But because of my background in various assessments that, you know, when I was just thinking about the guardian, as an example, I'm thinking about on the disc, it's it's the people that are similar to C's, right? And the nurturers are similar to S, right? There's some similarities, just like you said, there's a lot taken from Myers-Briggs into this and things like that. Because of assessment tools, we just heard my type. I used to be the person that was like, don't worry, I got it. I'll make sure that we get everything done. I'll let you know exactly what to do and we'll go. Well, as my leadership progressed over the years, I learned a lot more about engagement and people don't get engaged if there's no why in it for them, right? All I thought about in the beginning was, I know how to solve problems. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make it super simple for you guys. And we're going to get it done. And we're going to win. That's all like that. And I thought, why wouldn't, I mean, we're on a team. I'm, I'm going to lay the plan and you just do that. And we're going to get done. The issue was I was never rallying people behind the why and really making it personal and meaningful for them. So through assessment tools and things started to see that. And when you were just sharing those examples a little bit ago, my next evolution of like awareness or insight from some assessment tools was, okay, Nikki, you can't go in and start talking about the why and getting people bought in thinking that they know you've been working on this for the past month and all this is brand new to them. Like I'm thinking this is already done old news. They've already, I've already planted seeds. This is a problem. There needs to be a lot of communication in this aside from just going in and making sure that this is meaningful and why oriented to them. That was like a next step evolution for me. And so just, I just think about when we were talking like assessment tools and being complimentary, we're never arrived. Like we've never, wow, this is it. And I'm, I'm there, right? It's just always building blocks. And I think that's why it's important to always be open to others that could give you, you know, new insights that allow you to like continue to go to the next level because I'm always going to be telling an evolution story of what I continue to learn to get better at leading people and really helping them come alive in what they're doing. So just wanted to chime in on that. Love it. Love it. Yeah. There's we have a mantra, you never graduate from the school of self-awareness. Yes. Man. Right? Yes. You're in it. You're in it forever. And it's a growth journey. 
And another little mantra I throw out there is that information transfer does not lead to transformation. Information transfer, right? Receiving the information does not lead to the transformation that we desire in life. So you can take these assessments all day. You can take five voices, you can take MBTI, you can take DISC, and you can get your 50-page report, your DISC profile, read through it, go, ooh, this is cool. Wow, this hits, yes, this is so me. And then you put it on your desk and you don't look at it again and for another year, right? Totally. Which leads me into exactly what I wanted to talk about next. Tell us best practices on what to do when rolling out assessments, like say this one, really any, like let's just be universal here. You're going to bring a new assessment to your team. You're super excited about it as a leader. What don't you do? Like what's a no-no, like putting people in a box? You already said that. What else is like, don't do this. And then best practices to really making this stick. And when I think stick, it becomes like a language that your team uses. It's like a cultural norm inside your workplace. So let us know like the the not do's and the to do's. So when we talk about this type of thing, when I'm talking to potential clients, when I'm working with them, I make a point to say, are the way we coach and the way we teach now is more like 21st century leadership development, right? The industrial age was very, you know, 20th century. It was more come to a two-day workshop offsite at a hotel. We're going to have this really amazing person come in, teach us about ourselves, teach us about team dynamics, give us a book. You know, we have some workbooks that we're going to do. And then we go back to the office and we're like on fire. We are like, we are going to rock this thing amazingly. And then two weeks later, it's like, back to the way it was. And I think we're all kind of like, yeah, I've been there. I've been to those trainings before and they're cool and they're inspirational, but it doesn't lead to transformation, right? It, it's, it just goes back. So part of the problem is that it's too technical and it's too hard, right? It just doesn't stick because, well, the, and there's always people that are just kind of like, nah, I'm not going to do that anyway, but let's, so let's be mindful of that. But for the majority of the people that are really invested in themselves and developing themselves and developing others on their teams, you got to keep things simple. In our day and age, we are digesting so much information so quickly that we don't have time to learn a giant system and how the science works and how all the things match up. And it just gets really complicated. So if we can keep it simple, awesome. We got to do it on a rhythm. A lot of those like two-day workshop, one-day work, whatever, somebody comes in and gives you your color profile and then you're like, okay, this is what it means for me now, team members, treat me good. It's gotta be sustainable. It's gotta be something that we do on a rhythm that we are revisiting and micro bits, right? Micro learning that's available 24-7, not just in a book format. Sometimes people don't read books, but it's accessible via my mobile device and it's accessible via the web and it's accessible in team meetings. So we've got to have that and we've got to have it be scalable. This is the other problem. You know who goes to those retreats? The top, the executives, the, at the very top, they go to these retreats and they get inspired and then they come in and they say, hey, everybody, you need to implement this thing I just heard Scott talk about at this conference. And they're like, well, we don't know what that is. And we're not bought into that. We just did one of these six months ago because you went to another conference and said it was awesome. Now you want to do this one. Like, what are we doing? Right? So scalability is another thing. How can you create something so simple 
so sustainable and scalable that it penetrates not just the top, but the mid-level managers and also the boots on the ground to make sure that we are getting everybody adopting the language, the tools, and the visuals so that we have a common understanding of what's going on in the organization. Are there any other things you'd want to touch on that you see people do, like you were talking about putting people in a box? Oh, well, you're just this, or we're going to do the one day rally and get everybody all fired up. Are there any common mistakes that we might just want to highlight? Well, I think it's using it as permission to be the unhealthy version of ourselves and using it as an excuse to just say, well, that's just the way I am. Oh, that's good. Right. See, it says it in this report that this is going to be one of my challenges. So you just have to like deal with that. Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's apathy and not holding each other accountable. So I want people to know themselves, love themselves and lead themselves. Okay. Know yourself, be aware, be aware of the broccoli in your teeth, right? Be aware of what it's like to be on the other side of you. Because you know what? Sometimes people don't think like you. And it's called relationships. We all have them, unless you live by yourself in a cabin in the woods forever, which is fine. Then this isn't necessarily for you, unless you're just curious. But right, it's about relational dynamics and how do we know ourselves really well? Then we got to love ourselves. We got to appreciate and love who we are, our strengths and our growth opportunities so we can go, I know I'm not great at that. It's an opportunity for me to always grow and progress. I need to work on that more, right? That's where that achievement comes in. Then we got to lead ourselves well, which means I'm going to be intentional about how I behave, how I act and communicate with others. Because I know that it's, that's, jeopardizing the amount of influence I can build with other people. And that's what we're here to do, right? Build influence so we can build loyalty. And then we can all progress together. Yeah. So Scott, I know you work alongside leaders every day, helping them to create these brands that, you know, we all have a personal brand, whether you're proactively working on it or you're not, you have one. And we have to, if we want to really influence outcomes, we need to be very intentional about our personal brand and how we're impacting other people. So that's what you do. You walk alongside leaders. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about the work that you do. And then also, you know, if there's opportunities for our listeners to try the five voices or apply the five voices in some way with what you do, I'd love to share that as well. Sure. So my background is in brand strategy work and developing brands for companies and organizations from an external standpoint with their customers and and clients and things like that for a long time. And noticing that a lot of the ineffective marketing and communications work to clients was because of ineffective internal communication. So now I've shifted a lot of my brand strategy practice into what I call internal brand strategy, developing personal brands for leaders, developing team brands and organizational brands inside of organizations. Now, a brand is simply this what people say about you when you're not around. That's it. It's not a logo. It's not a font. It's not, none of that. Okay. So when I say those are brand elements, the logo and the font, the color palette, those are brand elements to help you remember how you feel about a particular brand, right? So, or a particular person or a company or a product or whatever. The way I talk about my boss when I go to the barbecue this weekend is my boss's brand in my eyes, right? The way I talk about you, Nikki, when I'm not on a podcast with you is your brand, 
right? What I say to other people about you is your brand. So what are our employees saying about us as leaders? What are we saying about our employees? What are we saying about our companies when we leave? Like that is that brand that we're trying to shape and foster. And so I teach and coach leaders and teams on how to communicate effectively so that we can build better relationships, be better aligned, and execute more effectively. Therefore, increasing our capacity and building that loyal following that we all want, right? So there's that aspect of it. It all starts with the psychological safety aspect, and that's communication. And that's where Five Voices comes in. So if you are interested in taking the Five Voices assessment, it takes about 15 minutes. It's free. I'm going to have a page on my website dedicated to the show that gives some free offerings. So number one will be that Five Voices assessment. So go to scottwaldron.com slash gut science. That's S-K-O-T-W-A-L-D-R-O-N.com slash gut science. And on there, you'll have two options. Number one, you can take the Five Voices assessment online for free, 15 minutes. Number two is I'm offering a 90-minute boot camp, Five Voices boot camp for your team, where everybody will take the Five Voices assessment. I don't care how many people it is. It could be five, it could be a thousand. And then everybody comes on, takes the assessment, and then we get on a call for 90 minutes, a Zoom call, and I will talk to you about the dynamics of those voices on your team and the styles of communication and why they act the way they do. At the end of that call, every person on there will have an actionable takeaway. So I believe in application, so there's transformation, right? Information transfer doesn't lead to transformation. So I want to make sure there's some action associated with everything we do. Can I be the first to sign up? I literally just wrote down right here. I wish you all could see it, but we're just on audio. Make sure my team does the five voices and have a meeting to discuss it. So we're all going to do that, but I would love if you could coordinate that with us because as, just as you were talking earlier about nurturers and guardians and you know, I was sharing like, I don't know what I'd do without like the guardians in my life. I'm just curious who's what and how we can apply this. So put me on your list. Thank you for the offer. Hey, all listeners, we're going to throw in the show notes, a simple link for you to connect with Scott and then also to drive opportunity to go to that page that he's going to create for you to be able to take advantage of that too. So this is so awesome. I love learning about new assessment tools. And like I shared, I just took the five voices myself. And so I'm going to go back now that I know a little bit more and dive into that report. So Scott, thank you for your time. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor message today. And we're going to come back to our lightning round where we'll get to learn a little bit more about the personal side of you, Scott. We'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right, Scott Waldron back on Gut Plus Science. We're here in the lightning round, which is always fun just to learn a little bit more about these awesome guests that spend time mentoring us. So Scott, we've got four questions. First one, favorite book of all time or favorite recent read? Okay, so I'm not a super book nerd, but I do read a lot of books. I guess it sounds weird saying that. I will probably say Infinite Game, Simon Sinek blew my mind. It took me a while to get on board, not the Simon Sinek train. I've been on board for that for a while, but that book. So I read that last year. It's shaped a lot of the things I do and how I coach now. It's amazing. Awesome book. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? I would probably have to say getting stuff done. Like, is that a hobby? (laughs) You know, it's like, I feel yeah. I just like to accomplish 
things that are loose ends, you know, and I just like to get those loose ends tied up and just helps me feel good. It's nice to have a day that's not stacked with meetings so that you can like knock things out at home or things that you've just been meaning to do. I totally get it. I like that too. How about where's your favorite vacation spot? Oh goodness. This is a tough one. I lived in Switzerland for a few years and it's kind of like God created the heavens and earth in six days. And then on the seventh day, he created Switzerland. It was like, it blows my mind. So probably there, we went to Costa Rica as a family last year, again, blew my mind. So I don't know. It's a toss up. Awesome. And Scott, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? Definitely find me on LinkedIn. I post a lot of information and and coaching tips on there and just advice about leadership, team communication, and inspiration there. My website, obviously, uh, scottwaldron.com. You can find me there and find out more about what I do. Also, go to my YouTube channel. I have a lot of free resources there and videos I'll post. I have my own show called Unlocked about unlocking the potential of people. And you can find those episodes on my website and on YouTube. Would love to see you there. Scott, thank you so much for such a powerful conversation today and bringing many stories to life and really helping us understand all five of the voices. For those of you that haven't taken the five voices, I highly encourage it. It's so insightful and just intriguing. So here's my truth you can act on from today's conversation. Number one, leverage the assessment tools that are simple for you to understand. And remember, they're the ones that will stick. So I don't know what this is, but I had taken Myers-Briggs as one of my very first assessment tools. And for some reason, I still today always have to like look up my results. The second assessment I ever took was DISC. And I used that as like a language in my life every week of my life. And they were right around the same time. So not that one is better than the other, but whichever one sticks for you, lean into that. Number two of my truth you can act on, remember that you never graduate from the school of self-awareness. Keep experimenting with tools to help you better understand yourself. And don't forget that your brand is what people say when you're not present. And assessments like this one or whichever your favorite is, help you or help us understand and how to maximize our strong points and then how to build on the weak ones. So just great to just keep keep at it with uh, understanding ourselves. Number three, an ideal outcome of an assessment for a team is to gain fun and insights from the time and then to be able to leverage that tool's language as common language in your organization. So kind of going back to that very first point, what's the one that's sticky and everyone like just tends to lean into using that as common language so that we can reference like, oh, I was on a client call today and they were a, you know, number two, blue, whatever. And it just becomes a common language for everyone to be able to communicate better. Such good stuff. I love this. Thanks so much, Scott. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.